I'm Cy Musiker, and this is Curtain Call. I'm back with news about upcoming shows, the most marvelous events in music and culture, from Reno to Davis, with a focus on right here in the foothills. And this month, we sit down with the Nevada County Poet Laureate to talk about the Sierra Poetry Festival. We'll learn why the biggest ceramics conference in the world is called Kaka, plus Cats does The Great Leap and more. And all my co-hosts are busy this month, so I'm soloing here, and you're stuck with me for the next 30 minutes. So yes, be very afraid. Uh, Let's start with two talented sisters touring in April. I want to linger on this song from Rising Appalachia. It's off the lost mystique of being in the know, their 2021 album recorded in a day and full of just cozy, cozy grooves. The lyrics are like a prayer, one we all need here in the foothills this winter, or at least I do, with rain, snow, and COVID beating us up. I feel better already. Leah and Chloe Smith are rising Appalachia. They're two sisters raised in what they call Appalachian trance, seated with world music and jazz. Stand Like an Oak off Rising Appalachia's recent live recording at Preservation Hall. The Smith Sisters' music just feels really good. Rising Appalachia plays the Hot Monk Tavern in Sebastopol on April 9th. Then they're at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley April 11th. And then they're in San Francisco for two nights at two different clubs. New York's Colburn School of Music is producing a series of concerts featuring music by artists whose careers and lives were endangered by the Nazis in Europe. What a gorgeous piece that is. Uh, That's the Chamber Symphony by Franz Schrecker with James Conlon conducting student musicians from the Colburn School.
what a gorgeous piece, the Chamber Symphony by Franz Schrecker with James Conlon conducting student musicians from the Colburn School. And conductor James Conlon is leading performances of Schrecker, Schoenberg, Eric Korngold, and other European composers, plus lectures about these artists who fled the Nazis. Conlon is a terrific conductor, and he really puts his heart into this project. The Zeering Conlon Initiative for Recovered Voices brings Conlon and a pair of chamber groups to the Mondavi Center's Jackson Hall, April 10th and 11th. And this pianist is coming to Grass Valley. Kenny Broberg is just 29. Two years ago, he won the American Pianist Award, and now he's making his first appearance in Grass Valley, playing a really nice selection of piano works, including this one by Cesar Franck. What a nice way to spend the afternoon. In Concert Sierra presents pianist Kenny Broberg in concert Sunday, April 16th at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Grass Valley. Sometimes I can send my love Soaring out like a bumbling bee that is filled with the buzz of the knowledge that nothing, nothing, nothing would be better. Poets and musicians improvising at a poetry pop-up a few days ago at the Nevada City Gallery, Carson Art. That's Kurt Lumpkin chanting his poem about bees with improvised support from poet Michael Lynn Logue and keyboardist Michael Logue and David Tristam in probably the trippiest, most avant-garde event of the Sierra Poetry Festival, which is running all this month. The thing I love about it is the brevity and the amount that you can achieve in such a small amount of space. Nevada County's Poet Laureate, Kirsten Casey, is a big part of the Poetry Fest. And as a reader, I love knowing I'm entering into a book of poetry and I can read it in an hour if I really want to. And I think that's really nice in our culture now where everything is so abbreviated. And I know there's a lot of Instagram poets now and they're taking advantage of that. Way better than doom scrolling on Twitter. I talked to Casey a few days ago at KVMR and asked her about how she gets her ideas. She said her poems aren't always confessional, even if they feel that way. A lot of times my ideas come from a title or a prompt or a news story or something like that. Well, in fact, you've written a lot of obituaries, poems about people who've died who are strangers to you. Yes. Why do they appeal to you? Well, across the board, I love obituaries. That is something I really, I've written, I wrote my dad's, I wrote my grandma's, I've written some for friends who needed help. I'm really drawn to story, and I think a lot of times in obituaries, people get gypped out of any of their story. It's just a little fact sheet. And so, for instance, the poem, Obituary for a New York Corpse, was after I heard a news article about um, several 
hours had passed on the freeway and people were commuting and it was still dark before morning and they had been running over the same body for hours and hours and I was so mystified that nobody was worried or could see that it was a human um, and that really triggered something in me like how could you make up excuses to not stop where are you in your mind that you can just keep telling yourself it's not a body and that's where that poem comes from you know a lot of poets like to write about death it's not scary it's fascinating to me but I know when I see something and it sticks that it's going to be a poem yeah uh, you're the Nevada County Poet Laureate so how do you approach that task what is it to be a Nevada County Poet Laureate well, my whole job is promoting poetry in the community, whatever that is. And a lot of times so far in my role, I've written a poem for the Bridgeport Bridge when it reopened. And that was a very moving ceremony. I wrote one when the fair reopened after being closed for two years. Another very wonderful audience, so appreciative and very moved. And I'm in the classroom a lot Working with kids is one of the things that I really wanted to do more of, to promote not being afraid of poetry, not having to di dissect poetry, but really enjoy language and creativity. The, the theme of the uh, Poetry Festival this year is belonging. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that phrase? Well, I think it's really community. It's belonging to each other. That's how I look at it. Um, there's a series of poems right now hung in the rude center that were written by local poets and all from the same prompt and they're beautiful and they're all very different and I ended up writing about um, how the idea belongs to the poet and then the words and the language turn into the poem and then the poem ends up belonging to everyone so I like connection and I think poetry is a great way to connect with other people because we're able to be together again by some measures, this is a boom time for poetry. Uh, Amanda Gorman was a huge hit reading at President Biden's inauguration, and the percentage of young people reading poetry has doubled since 2012, at least that's what I read. So how do you assess the state of poetry, at least here in Nevada County? We have such a supportive poetic community. There are so many writers here. I, I think there's a huge uptick in interest in poetry because of the things I've, I've mentioned. It's short, it's an immediate emotional hit, and I just see it continuing to thrive here. Well, let's listen to a poem. Can you read something for us? And, and then we'll see what our listeners remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Why don't I read my snow poem? It's called Shaking the Trees. A late snow in March, too much cold leaning on early blooms in my yard the weight of heavy flakes and invisible sap, bend my trees to the ground, like old calisthenics teachers touching their toes, who then find they cannot stand upright again, their knotted joints and thin limbs failing. So I go out to shake the trees, my own head-soaking meditation. I carry an old broom, its bristles flattened, retired from sweeping, just a wild-haired sidekick now. A drag through feet of white, reaching up the middle of the dogwood's trunk. My favorite one. All pink blossoms with one branch of white. Already broken on one side, it reinvents its shape every year. Each petal already formed and waiting, like the line of a poem the poet thinks before they write it down. The Japanese maple has lost a limb, 
its smaller branches as delicate as its leaves, difficult to free. It might crack and surrender. Every nudge seems like a beating. I am sorry. I'm trying to save you, I whisper. And the poor birch trees succumb after last summer's spider mite battle. Their thin white bark, like the last pages of a book left in the rain, hang off their trunks, still wanting to be read and remembered. I wish I had another set of arms so I could shake them harder, faster. Clumps of snow fall on my shoulders under so many creaks and thunks. I wonder how I look to the stellar jay, already considering the best eve for this spring's nest. He turns his head, maybe thinking I am the wind made visible, a magical apparition shaking his future home, providing building materials, pieces of what is lost, curved sticks, a strand of my hair, a dropped Kleenex. Or is he simply distracted by my lack of wings? I long to know the patterns of sounds to explain to him, I don't want this to break, but so much is already broken. This is the only way I have to stop it from happening. It's just me against the wide white sky, endless and full of unforgiving snow. But the trees wouldn't miss me even if I saved them. And this bird has already dismissed my weak attempts flying off to a nest that I never see, but I'm hoping never falls. I love that line, too much cold, leaning on early blooms in my yard. Nevada County Poet Laureate Kirsten Casey joins an international cast of poets at readings around the county all month. The main event is April 15th, a day of seminars for budding poets and readings at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley, featuring California Poet Laureate Lee Herrick, who we talked to a few months ago. There's also Sacramento's Indigo Moore, local faves Molly Fisk, Sands Hall, and so many others, plus student efforts making songs out of famous poems. Like this song by Ari Cook, setting Robert Frost's Fire and Ice to music. The Nevada County Arts Council is curating this month of poetry. Eliza Tudor directs the council, and I asked her one of my perpetual questions. How does Nevada County support such a rich arts and culture ecology? It all boils down to people. I mean, we live in a spectacularly beautiful area, which has attracted the kinds of artists who need both community, a real sense of community, but also the right level of solitude. With poetry, think back to Gary Snyder moving here decades ago and then bringing with him swarms of very creative poets and writers from the Bay Area. In this rich ecology we have here of arts, are you worried at all about its health in a year of what may be state budget cutbacks and we see so much signs of life. In a new theater company, we have this amazingly ambitious project by In Concert Sierra to build a new concert hall. And yet, Wild Eye Pub is starving for money to keep operating. So what's your concern about the health of this environment? 
That's the most marvellous evergreen question that at Nevada County Arts Council we ask ourselves all the time. And this is why focusing our efforts on advocacy during April, which is Arts, Culture and Creativity Month, we harness the concerns of our creative sector into very important legislative asks. So Nevada County Arts Council will be gathering together marvellous community members to visit the state capitol in April and we'll be presenting both everything we can celebrate about the arts but also very specific asks that will help the arts endure locally. There are very specific things that go into sustaining a rural arts economy. We know that before the pandemic our creative sector was a $47 million industry employing almost a thousand full-time equivalent people. That's more than the construction industry locally. So we need to keep that alive, we need to keep advocacy alive, and that's where Arts, Culture and Creativity Month allows us an opportunity to sort of bring the community together and get very, very focused about how we support our requests for public funding long term. Nevada County Arts Council Executive Director Eliza Tudor. Arts Advocacy Day in Sacramento is April 18th, with artists from around California meeting with lawmakers and the governor's office, even as the governor is prepping the May revision of his budget. Are you listening, State Senator Brian Dahl and Assemblywoman Megan Dahl? Peter Rowan was into bluegrass before bluegrass was cool. I was born a gambling man, a deck of cards, a slide of hand, the queen of hearts, your love to win, jokers wild, you've gone that's the Peter Rowan Bluegrass Band off their newest album, Calling You From My Mountain. That's so good. The Bluegrass Band is distinguished from Peter Rowan's many other identities. Peter Rowan's big twang theory and his reggae-leaning Peter Rowan's twang and groove and the rocking Free Mexican Air Force. And don't forget Old and In The Way, Rowan's long, long, long ago collaboration with Jerry Garcia and David Grisman. I had this album. Old and in the Way's first album was once the top-selling bluegrass album of all time, featuring the marijuana anthem Panama Red. Panama Red, Panama Red, Panama Red by Peter Rowan, and he plays the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley April 21st and Berkeley's Freight and Salvage April 22nd. Snail Mail is Lindsay Jordan.
I was worried about the lack of rock and roll in this episode of Curtain Call, but then I stumbled on Snail Mail. It's Lindsay Jordan's fresh-sounding indie rock band with a hint of punk, what the New York Times calls feelings-forward, guitar-driven indie rock. And Jordan released her first album at 16. She's just 23 now, but her songs about lesbian heartbreak are just great, says this cisgender man. That's the song, Feeling Like I Do, and Snail Mail plays the Cargo Concert Hall in Reno on April 18th, and then she's in Roseville at Goldfields April 19th. Don't forget it's Earth Day, Saturday, April 22nd, and the most entertaining thing you can do is to love your Mother Earth, even after she's kicked our asses all winter. Check out the second annual Earth Fest celebration in downtown Nevada City on Sunday, April 23rd, including the Haute Trash Fashion Show that friends tell me is very, very cool. And the Auburn Hip Hop Congress's Free Some Kind of Earth Day Festival is set for April 23rd as well at School Park Preserve on College Way in Auburn, including J. Ross Pirelli and the Elements Brass Band. Also very, very cool. Cats is back. That's the Community Asian Theater of the Sierra. And this year, their annual play is The Great Leap by Lauren Yee the second most produced playwright in America this year. I'm the most feared player in Chinatown. I'm the least circumcised Jew from the Bronx. (laughs) What does that mean? That means I'm sure you're good for a Chinese player. For any player. The Great Leap is Yi's tale about Manfred Liu, a hustling Chinese-American high school student trying to talk himself onto a college team that's about to visit Beijing for a friendship game in the same year as the protests in Tiananmen Square. Now, if you were black. If I were black, I'd be in the NBA. And if you changed your height, your muscle mass, and every single thing about you, starting center for the Lakers, why not? I'm the best in the Bay. I promise you. Ask around and you'll see. Ask who? Ask Chinatown? Or your players. My players. If they're straight with you, they'll tell you I've played them and I've beat them. You beat my guys? Summer leagues, off-season, I go across the bridge to Oakland, and I take them down with my crew. And who is this crew? Robert Lai, Donna Wu, Munson Jin, Dennis Yue, Kwok Yi. Chinese. My team from Galileo. Galileo High School? Yes. You're telling me a high school team of Chinese kids beat my guys. You are That's Kenny Wynn as Manford yes. and Robert Rossman as the coach in a scene from The Great Leap. It's a really timely play with China and America at odds again politically and basketball players sometimes in the middle. Scott Gilbert, a big basketball fan and one of the founders of the Foothill Theater Company, is directing. Chinese are passionate about basketball, so it's a big deal for the NBA. Various figures in the NBA have gotten in trouble for saying one step too far things that um, the Chinese government doesn't like. The, The Chinese will then threaten to pull the NBA right, so it's a very delicate balance. And basketball has become a pretty important thread in Chinese-American relationships because of all that. So this is about the early days of sort of China, basketball, America, how that fits together. But it's, it's still a really important part of uh, Chinese and American relationships and geopolitics. Cats presents its one play of the season, The Great Leap, at the Nevada Theater, April 27th through May 20th. And there's just barely room in this 30-minute show to cover all the stuff I'm excited about in April. So here's the short version. 
The Center for the Arts is sponsoring a new songs festival featuring workshops for budding songwriters and concerts by old pros. A dream come true From way back when We remember Then forget again Just for a Iris DeMent with The Sacred Now offer a new album, Working on the World. And DeMent is one of a fine trio of Americana stars teaching at the New Songs Fest with Bay Area bluegrass queen Laurie Lewis and blues woman Ruthie Foster. The New Songs Festival is four days of workshops, coaching sessions, and concerts led by local Rita Hosking from April 27th through the 29th, with Lori Lewis in concert April 27th, Iris Demand on April 28th, Ruthie Foster on April 29th, and Hosking presenting her own and student songs on Sunday the 30th. It just all sounds quite amazing, as is this next item. The late Robert Arneson was a brilliant sculptor working in ceramics who lived and taught at UC Davis. And 36 years ago, he and Davis gallery owner John Natsoulis started the California Conference for the Advancement of Ceramic Arts. Ceramics is one of the oldest art forms because it's the earth. John Natsoulis ensures the conference retains Arneson's anarchic, very funny, and scatological spirit. Arneson once made dog poop out of ceramics, and that informs the conference acronym. He really loved the idea that the initials spelled caca. This year, Natsulis says the conference is at full strength again after COVID, with student sculptors from 30 universities and colleges and an international squad of sculptors leading workshops, plus 40 shows of student work, mostly figurative ceramics around the city of Davis. The energy at this thing is mind-blowing because... Anybody who listens to this can come and see all 40 shows for free. And, you you know, just think, what if you went to all those schools? It would be impossible. Definitely worth a trip to Davis, the California Conference for the Advancement of Ceramic Arts with its epicenter at the John Natsoulis Gallery runs April 28th and 29th. And let's finish with something from E. La Bamba. La Bamba's brand new single, Collapse. The band is the brainchild of Luz Elena Mendoza Ramos, a first-generation Mexican-American influenced by the traditional music of her parents' native Michoacan and all kinds of American experimental pop. It's just such a compelling sound.
love that line, in the silence I hear my heartbeat. E. La Bamba plays Harlow's Starlet Room on April 29th, and then they're at the chapel in San Francisco, April 30th. Hey, next month, Joyce Miller is back as co-host, and we'll talk about festival season and Lyric Rose, Nevada County's new theater company. And don't miss a single episode of our show or just relive this epic experience by clicking on the Curtain Call podcast at kvmr.org. We hope you joined in supporting KVMR during our recent pledge drive because we're working to keep you all sane with news and the best music programming in the universe, really, despite the isolation and cabin fever of the last month. More sun, please. Thanks for listening. I'm Sy Musiker, and this is Curtain Call, coming to you from KVMR-FM, Nevada City.